Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit Powered by Lyft Aviation. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And we have Rob. What's up, Rob? How's it going? Our our most reoccurring guest is back. It's good to be back. Good to have you back, dude. How's the uh how's so I I we were texting in the group chat and I said uh must have been nice to have some downtime, and you said you did not have any downtime. <laughs> and and told us uh your itinerary and a little bit of what you've been doing you definitely have not had any downtime but you kind of wrapped up the air show season and and it just has not let up uh well i still have one more air show to do believe it or not i just did one last weekend in uh new Bern, north carolina which was actually a lot of fun and then i got another small one in north carolina on uh, december 17th and then that who should else, wrap uh, up the season for me who else flew in at new Bern show that's where hubie is right hubie tolson yeah, Hubie's there. Hubie didn't fly in it. I think he had some family stuff he had to do. Um, it was me, Aeroshell, and um, Nathan Hammond with the uh, chipmunk. Oh, oh cool. cool. Yep. Nice awesome. small little did show. You, you see yeah, our boy, cool. Marco? I did. How's he doing? He's doing great. He's so intense. I love it. Yep. Just watching him fly, and uh, he's uh, he's doing good. He's going he's gonna to make good progress. That's awesome. Are you excited about his his path? of weaponry yeah yeah he, we can't talk about it yet publicly but uh it's i think it's cool that uh, what some of these guys are the the changes that some of these people are making i, guess I think he's gonna do just fine I, I think it's the airplane he's always wanted anyway so i mean he's excited he's actually super excited i watched him do one flight i mean he looks like a guy who knows how to fly aerobatics it's in a new airplane so i think it was probably literally like the second time he'd ever flown aerobatics in one so wow. I think you give him a month or two and he'll be just fine. Sweet. That's awesome. I'm pumped. I wish we could talk about it too. Cause uh, I don't want to give it away, but <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll, uh, I'm sure, you know, it'll be announced soon enough. Yep. Hell yeah. So what are we going to talk about tonight? We'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, but it'd be great to talk about the, uh, knowns for next year and maybe give some tips and, uh, advice on how to fly them yeah and and for those that don't know you made them uh yeah well it was a committee but um yeah they they're basically my design <laughs> did you see did you did you see that picture who mark who posted that picture where it was like Congratulations <laughs> it was so funny making the secrets committee and all the news the intermediate no and it was like some 600k sequence <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think it was an IMAX sequence. Yeah. Did you see that post? Yeah, oh. I saw that. I think Brian Jones <laughs> did that. That was so super funny. That was freaking classic. That was awesome. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's get right before, into it. Well, before we get into it, can you give a rundown for people that, that um, maybe don't know, namely myself, because I'm curious, is how does this, this committee convene and make the sequences each year? And... You know, kind of maybe elaborate on that process a little bit. 
So it's been a little different year to year, depending upon who the chair is and how late into the season they ask. Um, Celebrity was the last chair, and he did a great job. Um, he just had too much work stuff come up, so he didn't really have time to chair it anymore, which is when I got selected for it. But, um, you know, all the unknowns pretty much come from the chair or anybody who wants to submit unknowns. You know, you're just checking to make sure they're directly legal. And I hand them over to IEC, and when contests register for a contest, they get sent out. And the uh, the knowns, um, kind of midway through summer, towards the end of August, we just started talking as a committee. If anyone has sent stuff in, we look at it. Usually nobody does. And we start submitting our own sequences, and we just kind of sort through them, ask people to fly them, uh, make sure they're actually flyable for the category that they're in. And once we have something that we think is pretty good, we send it to the uh, board and the board votes if they want it or not. If they don't want it, they send it back and we start over. Do but committee members the, fly those sequences to, to um, test them or is it just open for the public? Like you could just text somebody and be like, hey, run through this and just let me know what you think. A little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. So like not everybody in the committee is going to have all the relevant aircraft. So you might ask somebody else to do it. Sure. Yep. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit about how uh, the 2023 knowns kind of came to be. Um, well, not a lot of people from the outside really submitted stuff. I think there was a couple, but not many. Um, I submitted. I submitted. Did you? Yeah, I did. I'm not hurt, though, that it didn't get selected, honestly. <laughs> I don't. I try yeah, to remember. It all, kind of, it all kind of blends together. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, we just kind of, we ended up with these four. It just happens to be the four that I drew. We kind of went back and forth on them, seeing the merits or the um, anything that was not right with it. And we just asked a bunch of people to fly. Like the Sportsman was flown by a, a Satabria and a Decathlon. Um, Intermediate was flown by a Decathlon and a few other aircraft. Uh, Advance was flown by a variety of different airplanes. Unlimited was flown by a variety of different airplanes. And they all came back with positive feedback. So that's what we gave to the board. The board agreed. Awesome. Nice. Yep. I'm gonna well, should we run through them? Sure. While you guys start, I'm going to forward Rob and you guys the uh, proposals that I did so you guys can make fun of me. What category did you propose it for? I did uh, Sportsman and Unlimited. But Unlimited, I made very... <laughs> Very easy, hoping that like I'd roll the dice for me next year just to make it super simple. <laughs> <laughs> Hedging bets for next year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Man, I'm still. Um, Rob, are there any like? Do you guys have a uh, maybe not a uh, a focus or a mission? But is there is there? Obviously, we have the 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 airplane. Um, you know, the sample airplane for a given category that that airplane should be able to fly um, in that category. But is there, from year to year, is is there any kind of a shift in, hey, we want to see this. Hey, we want to take this out. We want to maybe do away with this in a given category. And how much discussion goes into like those elements rather than just simply taking the same figures, moving them around, looking at who uh, submits proposals, and then picking from there? It's uh, It's mostly, is it, is it flyable? Is it going to fit the box? Is it appropriate for the wind? Is it appropriate for the aircraft that's going to fly it? Is it different than the previous year? Because you don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Sure. Um, and is it, you know, for the baseline aircraft, will it 
actually provide a challenge. You know, if it's super simple and everybody can fly tens right off the bat, then what's the point? You know, you should be kind of learning and um, making progress and, you know, trying to figure this stuff out as you go. So yeah. trying to make it challenging yet able to fly by the aircraft that are appropriate to the category. Makes sense. Yeah, th- it seems like it's just going to, it's always been one of those things that you're not going to please everybody. Like, and it's, it's a tough position for you to be in as this, like the sequence chair, because you know, everybody's going to, there's going to be those complainers that are like, ah, oh, this isn't fair. Or, and it's just hard to please everybody, you know? Oh you, yeah. Like, like sportsmen, we got a whole bunch of people that um, said it wasn't flyable because we have that 45 after the 180 degree turn. Um, which was actually in a sequence. I think it was 2017 had the exact same thing and nobody had a problem with it. And most of the people that had a problem with it had never flown it. And once they <laughs> actually flew it, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, that works just fine. I mean, yeah. imagine if, if you could accelerate, you just have to draw maybe a bigger line after the 180 to get enough energy to do it. But Well, it's all about it, it's all about flying it right, right? So I mean, we can talk about the sportsman, but I mean, yeah. really, it's... it's um four, five, six, and seven that people kind of had an issue with. But four, if you fly it always over on the right side of the box, get to the top, now you have the entire, and then you do a cross country. So you do the half roll, you do a full roll, and you make sure you get to the other side of the box before you do the 180. I mean, you've traveled over a half mile now. You should be picking up some speed. Yeah. You shouldn't really lose much speed in the 180. Now you drive it back to the center box. Now you've, you know, you've flown over almost a mile Totally, you should have accelerated a little bit. And even if you didn't accelerate anybody, it's just a forty-five. Pull yeah. up, hold it one, two, cap one off, yeah. and go into the spin. If anything, I mean, placing the placing figure seven, that forty-five up there is going to help a competitor because you don't want to draw a super long line and give the judges that much time to critique you. Um, so it's like, yeah, hit the line and and, and get ready for the spin. Um, draw yeah, just so. enough. And if you don't fly it right, I mean, if you do number four, then you do the roll right away, then you immediately go into the 180 degree turn, say like center box, right? And now you're rushed going into the 45. Yeah, it's it's going to be a disaster. But that's why yeah. you have to fly things in the right position. Yeah. Yeah, it's my first will, time looking. Is is so. the premise on on the on the 180 that maybe people load load the airplane up too much? I mean, is that a common thing in the 180 degree turn? Like, no, I don't think it's energy. the 180. I think people just see like a half loop up and say it's like a Satabrio. Now you're super slow, right? And now yeah. everything's on a level line and they look at the 45 and go, oh, how's that going to work? But if you really think it through and think about the distance you're traveling and putting things in the appropriate position, yeah, of course it's, it's a non issue. Well, well yeah, it sets not. it up for the spin too. I mean, it, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a nice, nice, um, Sequence of figures. Yep. That's something that's, you know, we're on figure eight, going into figure seven to figure eight, and which is the spin. And that's something that's not really talked about a lot is the uh, the one and a quarter turn spin because, um, you know, you're typically you're going to drag a wing uh, at that stop. And it's a, to me, it's always been a really, really hard figure to get, you know, a solid 10 on um, because you really got to almost fly the airplane in the spin to uh to get ready to to bring that wing back down do you is that something that you struggle with rob or like you see a lot of people struggle with i see a lot Just of people struggle with it i mean this tricks you can do um i want to be really careful what i t- 
tell people to go do because I don't uh, want anyone screwing up and hurting themselves. <laughs> so anything I say, go up really, really high before you try it. Um, if once you enter the spin, if you actually flatten it just a little bit, just a little bit of opposite aileron, um, and hold that through the recovery, it tends to square everything off a little bit, so you're not quite so loaded up on the rudder to get, you know, to not drag a wing. Right. Not super yeah. flat, just a little bit of opposite aileron in the spin. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and most airplanes um, in the sportsman category probably wouldn't have enough aileron authority to really flatten it out too much anyway. No, you'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. Awesome. We should really start from the beginning. So yeah, um, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So figure one's a uh, a vanilla loop. Um, you know, that's the figure after it is a, a 45 Humpty, but for the vanilla loop, it seems like I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would probably place that like a hundred meters before center box. Um, where would you place figure one? I think I'd put it right at center. It kind of depends upon what you're flying, but I think for the most part, I'd put it right in center. It's going to present the best there. And the 45 and the 45 hammer actually doesn't take up that much room. Okay, cool. So center yeah. box pull on the, on the loop and then into a, a 45 Humpty. And like we were talking about with figure seven, hitting the line and then getting off the line quick to, to not really give the judges a lot of time. Um, unless you're really out of position, how long would you say on figure two to, to hold that 45 part of that hammer before going uh, to the vertical? It kind of depends on what you're flying. What a lot of people don't realize about a 45 hammer is if you fly right, it's actually an energy gaining maneuver. Right. Um, so if you spend more time on the 45 before going to the vertical, if you come back out at the same altitude that you started, you're going to be going faster. Mm -hmm. um, or you can come out at the same speed and actually come out a little bit higher than what you started. If you spend almost no time on the 45, you're not going to get that much energy back. So it just it kind of depends upon where you are in the box, what's happening. Um, you're doing it into okay. the wind, so it shouldn't be that much of an issue. But I would imagine you probably you probably do the cadence. We probably do the cadence that initial pull. You're probably timing it like you would pull to the vertical. Uh, in a lower powered aircraft, I would hold the 45. I mean, I'd obviously practice a lot, but do it with a cadence where you can hold that 45 long enough that when you finally pull to the vertical, you can get at least a two count just to show a line. Mm, so, right. however long you can stay on that 45, pull vertical, get a two count before the hammer, and you should. Should be sitting pretty well at the bottom energy wise. Nice. Um, cool. So then plane on home era, nothing on the vertical down, pull the level, yeah. upright flight, and then it goes into a actually going back to two, it's actually a pretty good exercise for people to try. Um come in at a specified altitude and a you know, whatever airspeed, say 150, pull vertical, count two and go into the, the vertical and see how much altitude you get. And then sit in the 45 for a long time and then go to the vertical and see how much yeah. altitude you get. If you sit in the 45 longer, you'll find you get more uh, more altitude out of it, which means yeah, more potential energy, more speed. kinetic energy at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It seems too, like uh, with the lower powered aircraft, um, what I've seen uh, with you get a super, super aggressive pilot and he's flying a super D or something like that. And he's just over pulling the airplane and it just, it's amazing how, how much energy gets scrubbed off of it. I mean, like hundreds and hundreds of feet. Do you, uh, and like you want to seem, I get the, the presentation aspect of it, but um, what would you sacrifice? Would you sacrifice a little bit of an aggressiveness style flying and go with maybe one to 1.5 G less on each pull? Or would you just stay aggressive? 
I think that's a happy compromise. You, know, you can obviously pull too hard and you just scrub everything away, or you can not pull hard enough and it takes so long to get to the line. You, you're still kind of scrubbing everything away. So just depending yeah. upon the airplane, there's that happy medium. It just takes a few pulls and, you know, pulling harder, pulling a little gentler and really analyzing it and seeing what you're getting out of it to kind of figure it out. Right. Like doing that test you were just talking about, but with G. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Um, how long, by the way, how long did the sequence take you to come up with? Um, about that long? Yeah. Well, not, not <laughs> that long. <laughs> I don't know. Shakes the magic eight ball. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah. You know, you go through different iterations of it because you really want to get something that's actually flyable and you, you do have to put some thought into it. Like yeah. little things like a, a loop, right? Um, Ideally, you want to fly it into the wind. So, in a low-powered airplane, you got the wind helping the aircraft over the top to to fly the radius, right? Where if you're doing that radius into the wind, it's going to look pinched or short because it's hard for a low-powered airplane to really fly it over. So, just just little things like that you try to think through. Cool. Yeah. Um, you don't want to disadvantage gotta... the other aircraft. Yeah. Um, I like figure three. I have a question on it. Um, so figure three is a wedge. Am I right on that? Or a short? Yep. I always get the whatever. It's a wedge. So pull vertical then pull to 45 down inverted, uh, two of four, two times four to level on the 45 line and pull up. So vertical and then pull around to 45 down, which direction, if, if we're looking at the, uh, B copy right now, so flying from, a the wind is from judges right to left. So this figure um, is being flown downwind and then the 45 ends makes you go upwind. Um, which direction would you do that to a four? Would you do it rolling away from the judges or rolling towards the judges? Um, relative to you or relative to the airplane? So uh, if, I, if I was going left to right like that, I would make that a right roll. Okay, so you'd roll towards the judges. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because they would show the. So that's where I kind of like. So you're showing you're showing the actually showing the belly of the airplane to the judges. Right. Yeah, that was my question because I know training with you and and it, um, you know, you always want to roll towards the judges and I've seen it make a difference. It just looks better the way it presents and everything like that. And then in my really early on flying airbags and getting some training, I was I was told by a couple of people, oh, you always want to roll so that the canopy faces the judges, but. Um, yeah. No, so chances are, if you're going to do like a quarter roll like that, like so a two or four is two, you know, 90 degree rolls, um, chances are you're going to underroll it. I'm sorry, overroll it, not underroll it. Um, so if you go away from the judges and you overroll it a few degrees with the parallax, it looks like it's really over. It's, it's kind of right. ugly looking. If you go to the judges and you go a little bit over, well, the parallax actually kind of makes it look right. You kind of want to be a little bit over anyways, depending upon where you are on the box and how high you are. So it's just gotcha. to your advantage and it looks a little better. But you also awesome. got to take into consideration, do you have a dihedral in the airplane or no dihedral? So if you're right. top of the airplane to the judges and you have dihedral, you don't want to be over very much. Um, if you're bottom of the airplane to the judges, you want to be over a little bit more because the dihedral is making it look like you're under-rotated. Yeah, that's why the MX is so cool. That you got no dihedral. Do you? What are the cheats with the MX? As far as like for instance, this figure, you know, it's probably super blatant with quarter rolls in all aerobatic planes. But 
what do you cheat? Like, what are your cheats on a, on an X axis, you know, left to right, uh, doing quarter rolls? Do you have to be over or on? It depends on where I am. If I'm center yeah. box, um, I have to be a little bit over. If I'm higher, I have to be more over. If I'm off to the side of the boxes, um, not very over at all because the judge is looking more up the nose of the airplane so you can see it. So yeah. it just depends upon where you are. And the big thing about three is everyone's going to come out of two and go into three right away. You got to do that cross country, get all the way to the other side of the box, know where you are, and then start number three. That has the potential, too, to get you pretty fast into figure four, too. What if you start three early? No, if you if you sit three long, I would imagine you come out with a little bit, you know, I mean, I, you know, I Satarbia should be Catholic, probably not a big deal, but. I would imagine there's probably an airspeed, you know, concern going into the split as a figure four. Maybe with too much energy. Oh, you mean the half loop up? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at that wrong. <laughs> half loop up. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. You fucking moron. I'm a fucking yeah, a split S to have to three would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I'm like sitting there thinking like, dude, that's fucking challenging. Mark, you should be on the sequence design committee. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um <laughs> so yeah, going into four, half loop up, uh element. Yeah. Make sure you put four always on the right side of the box for for a B sequence. So what are the cheats now with figure four? So half loop up uh with a half roll on the top. You don't want to look like you're descending, you don't want to look like you're climbing. So if you're in a say a one fifty horse decathlon, you know, in between a Satabri and a super D. Um how would you fly that figure? Would you end that roll? Like how many degrees above the horizon or below the horizon and level flight would you want to be to present to the judges in this exact area of the box? Well, you got to practice it, right? And you got to see what gives you what results. So get to the top, you know, do your half roll, make sure you're a bit of a positive angle of attack. Look at your altimeter and see if you're descending. If you're descending, you need more. If you're ascending, you need less. You just, you want to, it's trial and error to find the right attitude totally. for the right airplane for the right speed. And then with that, since it's a since you're uh, the half loop is uh, into the wind and ending downwind, um, that needs to be an if you can afford it with the uh, with the airplane and the energy. Uh, I'm looking at here. It should be a, somewhat of a more gentle pull than if you were downwind. And then once you're past the 90 degree uh, point of that figure, you want to. Um, Maybe uh, just increase it just the just the hair uh, over the top, right? Just the hair, depending upon the wind. Yeah, um, yeah. If it's a strong wind, then yeah, obviously. If it's if it's not too bad, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Cool. Just just now, whatever G you need to get a nice solid half roll on top. Totally. And then uh, so after the half roll goes into a uh, figure five, which is a slow roll. Now yep. downwind. And we're in like a one, you know, a decathlon, whatever, that doesn't roll. It's tremendously fast. I'm assuming that you probably want to get into that that slow roll pretty quick. What's the, say it's like a decent wind, you know, 10 knots or 12 knots. What would you say is for presentation wise, how much timing do you need to leave between that half roll and the slow roll? What's the minimum amount of time before getting into it? I would try to give it at least a two count like a one and a two and a, just to show that this figure is done and now I'm starting the next figure. Gotcha. Yeah, that way it doesn't look too rushed. 
And I would, yeah. you know, ideally I would try to really center that roll. So as you're passing through inverted on the full roll, you're center box. So you really kind of split it left and right for presentation. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like, you know, one of the things I really learned when I, um, like, uh, gosh, three or four years ago was, was just flying level lines across the box at different altitudes and having somebody watch me, you know, level and inverted, just straight across the box and seeing what, what is level and what looks level. So it's just getting a little 0.5 points here and there really, I think make up a big difference in, in quality of flying. So I'm just looking at this here and remembering it, you know, just flying a, a level line across the x-axis axis with a slow roll or whatever. But I think that's something that people can do at home, you know, which is somebody who's got a good eye or a decent eye just being like, how to do, am I climbing or descending? Like, what does it look like to you? You know, and remember that side picture. Yep. Um, awesome. Uh, Mark's favorite figure, the 180 degree turn. That's right. Um, it almost and again, like I would wait. <laughs> I would wait to the last possible minute on the uh, on a B form on the left side of the box before you start the turn. So now, um, I'm sure we got people listening here that are going to fly the sequence that are like, "Oh, which way? Which way am I going? Am I going away from the judges, or am I going to the judges?" So, and it, to me, it, you have to set up the sequence from the beginning for for a Y box figure like this. Um, if you don't know how to win correct, obviously. You know, where you can kind of cheat. So um, where would you, what's the optimal way to do figure six? Is it is it really dependent on two figures down with this spin in the quarter that also puts you on the Y? Is it more important which way you, ha you end up going on that one and a quarter? So generally speaking, the higher you are, the deeper you want to be in the box. Um, so the judges aren't like looking straight up at the figure. You know, picture a judge looking up 45 degrees into the box, and you want everything to be on that plane. So the higher you are, the deeper you have to be in the box to stay in that plane. The lower you are, the further forward you have to be to be on that plane. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, you don't want in, in, a, in a no-win situation, um, I would take, you know, I would try to center everything in the box for the sequence. I would take the 180 away from the judges because now you're going to go higher for um seven into eight and then out of eight i would bring it back to the judges because now you're going to be lower so more like in front that. would look better if there's a strong crosswind then you gotta you know you gotta do what you need to do to stay in the box yeah so theoretically you can you could start the sequence um maybe like a hundred feet and 200 feet um center box towards the judges and hopefully keep it there and then take this uh 180 you know depending on what altitude you're at obviously take the 180 degree turn uh far away from the judges and then bring uh figure eight to them yep cool all right so 180 degree turn we're going to go so optimally you want to go away from the judges and then that brings you to figure seven um and you're upwind so most likely you you you're gonna have at least two two to three seconds before having to hit seven. Uh, agree with that? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a there's kind of this combination in the primary uh, forty five to a, it's a one and a half spin. If it's a primary uh, forty five into a spin, and the most common mistake I see is people pull up to the forty five, 
they cap off on the power, they wait a few seconds, then they pull the power off, they have to decelerate, and then go into the spin. And the problem with that is it's really hard to judge where you're actually going to drop the spin. So I would use number seven as a complete setup for number eight. Right? I would pull up to the 45, and before capping off, I would actually pull a power back so I could cap off just a knot or two above my stall speed so I can get a one, two, and then fall right into the spin right away. So out of the 180 return, um, I would actually, depending upon the airplane, how long that 45 is going to be, say like a super decathlon, I'd actually wait till about center box before starting the 45. Pull up 40, and it, obviously wind is going to adjust that a little bit. Pull up 45, hold the line as long as you can. Um, pull the power always off, cap off just above your stall speed, count one, two, and go right into the spin. Awesome. Yep. That's smart. Anytime you're capping wow. off with power and you're accelerating, now you got to decelerate. And it's just, it's really, people travel a lot further than they think they do. And you're just going to probably go out of the box and not be where you want to be. I'll be honest. Like when I see somebody flying a sequence and they, they cap off something and it's coming up for a spin and they cap off slow and they do what you're saying with bringing the power back before they, they cap off. And even if it takes them an extra 10 seconds to get to where they're going, it's just impressive because they're they're in control of everything going on. They're in, you know the airplane is is not ahead of them. You know they're waiting for it. They're not rushed. Like to me, although some people may think it's like, all right, come on, like what are you? What's taking you so long? It's like, all right, well, you know, especially at like a sports or an intermediate level, like it's to me it's impressive because it just shows that you know the guy or girl has a uh, has a, you know good control of the airplane and and the energy and the speed and everything like that. Uh, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, so um, people get very impatient. You know, when it's your time in the box, it's your time. And like how long it takes to get in a, into a figure is completely irrelevant. But putting the figure in the right spot is completely relevant. Yeah. So, you know, a skill that nobody practices, even on the unlimited level, I'm people I coach, I'm trying to get to do this all the time. Um, say you did number seven too early and you capped off, you just not where you want to be for a spin. Don't just go full power and then pull a power off. You know, try to find a power setting that keeps you just like right there in the edge of the bubble where you're just about to fall off, you know, into a stall, like one or two knots above, and just maintain that. And if it takes you 10 seconds to where you want to go or wherever, that's fine. If it takes you two seconds to get there, that's fine. That that doesn't matter. That's that's not a judging criteria, right? Level flight there is, and a good spin or you know, presentation of putting where you want it, that is a judging criteria, but how much time it takes to get there is not. So just don't worry about it. Be patient and put things where you want it. Does that nose change um, get, get, I mean, it's, it's noticeable, uh, but does that get marked down by the judges as well? Like if you were to come out of that with power and then slow back down, obviously you're dropping the nose, capping it off and, and maintaining level flight. And then as that nose pitches back up before the spin, no. would you rather no, just keep it slow? Keep it Cause it's, it's flight path, not, flight attitude right right so yeah it shouldn't be but i think i mean from a subconscious judging type thing they're probably not thinking about but the judging on anyways um just showing control and showing you right on the edge and you can just pull the power and drop the spin where if you want it i think that's a lot more impressive to look at than accelerating decelerating yeah like you're in a power just freaking mm -hmm. back forward <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, 45 up into this spin. 
uh, getting, so it's, it's not, it's directional. Um, I was just about to say, which, you know, what looks better to the judge, but we got to take it to the judge. So it's going to be a right pedal spin. Um, I'm trying to think of any questions as far as presentation wise, what, what can give people a little bit of an edge, uh, to look good in the spin. Um, but that's going to go into a rabbit hole of, of recovery techniques. Um, how long, as far as in sports spin, do you think is not long enough for to hold the downline after the spin? I mean, I know you got to show a line, but um, what would you say presentation-wise is, is in a decathlon holding that line? Maybe a two-count. You know, the mistake I see is pull recover the spin. They don't start putting the power in until they start pulling out of the uh, at the bottom. And you're just giving altitude away. You know, the second yeah. the spin is stopped, go full power. You know, now you can draw a shorter line, but accelerate more in that line and pull out at a higher altitude. Awesome. Um, great. And then nine depends kind of where you are in the box as far as when you want to um, start that figure. Um, that's, uh, you know, figure nine. Anytime I looked at a Humpty, I just like shake my head because so many years I was I wasn't paying attention to the base figure Humpty and I was worried about the rotations and and other you know rotate whatever and um that's a hard figure um to not close uh late on you know you want to try to me I always try to close early on them and it kind of puts me on the right the right flight path but um do you see a lot of people that that need to go back to basics and and fly know how to fly a base Humpty Humpty mount? Oh, totally. I see that unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the top, gravity's not on your side, right? So in the first half of the radius, it's trying to prevent you from climbing and doing the radius. In the second half, it's trying to reach out the radius. Yeah. So I tell people you want to pop it off the line and. Like the first 45 degrees of the radius, you want to really float it. You, I mean, just right. exaggerate it. When you think you're floating it too much, you could probably float it just a little bit more. And then once you pass that 45 degree point, you want to get on it like right to the buffet. Yeah. Or, you know, just one degree of angle attack before it stalls to pull it to the vertical downline. And it feels pretty weird to the cockpit. It just doesn't feel right. But from the outside, it just it makes a perfect radius. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a, a couple people fly them, and they kind of pop off and right away bring it bring it around, and it, it just it looks rushed. It closes late. The radius is kind of messy. It just it it just looks rushed to me. Like anytime you look rushed in in a resty style flying, a competition style flying, it just doesn't present well. Um, yeah, through my I just don't like it. But um, yeah, I think popping off the line and and just basically taking your hand off the stick almost and, and letting the airplane just fly around a little bit till like you said 45 and then as as hard as you can bring it down to vertical and it's funny because somebody told me two years ago about this that stick pumping technique have you ever tried that through the backside where you pump the stick oh, yeah. <laughs> and it yep. works a little bit actually <laughs> yeah and uh i do you see yep. the other thing too is i think people are adding the wrong rudder for gyroscopics they're up through that pull to vertical down there they're putting in a ton of right pedal and pulling the stick and and trying and the plane's just buffeting like crazy on them where i think if they had the right if they had the left pedal in they'd probably be able to get like another half a g out of it or, or a little bit more elevator input 
Yeah, and the other common mistake I see is like everybody uses the sighting device going up and nobody uses it going down. So uh, they pull the radius over the top, they're just looking out the front and they stop on a line and they're positive or they're negative. Or they're not actually on a vertical downline. And the sighting device works just as good going down as it does going up. But for yeah. some reason, when you're going down, people want to look at the ground. They don't want to look out the side. <laughs> yeah. The Which old, I get. Uh, but once you've done it a few times, it's a lot easier. Quote, unquote, pick a point, right? Pick a point yeah. on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And then it's just, you know, this is all line spacing. And, and depending on the airplane, as far as where to place this quarter roll and your, your own counts that work, but space it evenly. Yeah. Um, you know, we could really, I, I think at this level, it's, I think we, it's too much to talk about, but we could really talk about as far as, you know, left or right side of the box and, and how to present the airplane in the vertical. But, um, you know, pull, I guess, the vertical down, quarter roll, which we'll put you back on the X and then, uh, then drive the it and drive it back to the left side. And then and you then are, do, your, uh, do you have to downwind? So, yeah, downwind. Um, you want how to get often, on it. How often do we see y-axis figures in sportsmen? Every year. Every year. Is there? Was there one last year? I thought I didn't think you there flew, was last year. You flew it at your contest. Remember when you flew at contest? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um <laughs> 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 it's been yeah, a while since I, I looked at it. I didn't think there was one last year. You kind of have to, Mark, because like with with um with sportsmen, nobody really at is that the well unless you've been in sports for a tremendous amount of time, but nobody uh really knows how to win correct on X axis figures. So you gotta give them an opportunity to kind of reposition, right? Yeah. Um or at least that's what I thought. But which would be a yeah, good thing so, to learn right from the right from the get go is wind correcting. You know, any of these I, horizontal lines, if you're crabbed into the wind five degrees, ten degrees, something like that, judges aren't gonna see it. And you're going to hold your position a lot better. Yeah. So especially like from two to three, we're driving always across the box. The top of um, four to before the 180 return, we're going always across the box, even though there's a roll there. Uh, from nine into 10, just like wherever the wind's coming from, just being a crab. Like just like you're doing a cross country and you crabbed in the wind to maintain a line, being in a little bit of a crab to mm-hmm. help maintain your line. I love it. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, so uh, downwind pull to a uh, it's a half Cuban uh, with a half roll. Um, now I was always kind of under the mentality that the last figure or the low, you know, this is this should be the lowest point in your sequence. Um, you want to bring this down to the to the bottom of the box and and finish right right at the bottom and in front of the judges. Would you? Yeah, don't give that? the judges a excuse to give you a low. So if the bottom of the box is 15, maybe bring it down to like 16 or 1650. But yeah, yeah. you should you should be down near the bottom. It's, the, the lower you are, just naturally, the better it's going to present. Um, yeah, that was always exciting when I first got into the sport. I was always excited for the last figure because I was like, it's time to like, drive it home. Let's go. And then I uh, one time I found out that I left out a figure in zero over half the <laughs> and I drove home. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, that kind of wraps up the, the sportsman. Um, I like it. Did you get a copy? Did you guys get the copy of the one I proposed? Yeah, I use uh, those let me look. Fire, fire paper. I sent, I sent two. Which one do you want us to look at? A or B? 
choose the worst, whichever one could be funny. You did two sportsmans? Yeah, so nice. I liked it twice. I think so, <laughs> unless they're the same one. Oh, I changed up. I changed the last two figures, it looks like. No, nope, I didn't. I don't know what I did. So I think I don't like about a... Oh, okay. One of the things I don't like about it <laughs> <laughs> is uh, the 270 into a two-point roll on the Y-axis. Oh, come on. That's delightful. Talk about yeah. presentation. Yeah, that's why I sent B. <laughs> that's why I sent B, I think. Hold on, let's B. Uh, yeah, I switched up B. B. That's what it was. I switched those two figures up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not bad. Not bad, right? No, no it's all right. You know, it would be cool. To... People seem to have a hard time with a. Or I should say, they have a hard time. They have a hard time accepting in sportsmen doing a vertical bow for a spin. They oh. think that the low-powered aircraft can't do that. Oh, what? I don't see why. They tend to think like the lower-powered aircraft can't do a vertical line before a spin. Where, but with the first figure in the sequence is the vertical line, you can have all the speed you want. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Within the limits of the airplane, I don't see it being that big of a deal. But people. Seem like they always complain about it and would rather have a 45. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I get that. A lot of complainers, all these complaints. I tell you, though, I feel like aerobatics is just on the rise with there's so many people buying airplanes. It's freaking amazing. Do you notice? I mean, do you feel that too? Like, especially this year? Yeah, seems like it. It's freaking it's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Oh, my God. Um, how do you feel? You want to take a break from uh, before we get into intermediate and talk a little bit about a. Uh, I got to be honest. I freaking love Team Canada. I, I shouldn't say that, but I'm like obsessed. <laughs> I uh, I think it's because we uh, we met Ryan Chapman and uh, Luke, and uh, well, I knew Luke, but Ryan Chapman's an awesome dude, and yeah. he's getting Sukhoi. And Luke just got an SC, so it's just exciting. And they'd never been in a Worlds before. Um, and uh, gosh, it's going to be interesting. But I don't know what you what you were thinking on, on them, Rob. And, or well, I think they like could be a strong Sarah. team. I think they could be a real strong team. Um, I gotta admit, there's a few guys on the team. I just I don't know, so I can't really comment on them. Yeah, you know, the guys I do know, they they seem like they're good pilots, strong and. Especially if they can actually get together and have some camps and actually work as a team, then yeah. I think they'll make a pretty strong showing. Seems like that's what they're doing. That'd be good. Yeah, they seem yeah. very cohesive. That seems good. to be like the major crutch for um, uh, not a lot. I mean, really for the U.S., but you know, when you were our coach for for the advanced team and we trained like. We trained a lot, and I missed uh, one or two camps, but I was still able to go to two or three. But you did a lot of camps with us, and they were long camps too. They weren't like little two-day bullshit camps. And um, I tell you, like, I hate to speak hypothetically, but if we uh, if we did that world and and did ninety percent of what we we, I think we would have done really well as a team. And uh, I think the team would have done really well. It was a yeah. It was a very strong team. Yeah, 
And we all, yeah. that team got along great. Everybody, there was no, I didn't, at least I didn't hear about any drama unless I was the drama, but like everybody was just super, super cool, um, super helpful. And we were really cohesive too. Like everybody, I think that's the, the big thing that people don't realize is, you know, uh, you get, I'm trying to like kind of how to put this, but um, it's just so important that everybody get along and, and help each other and push each other. Cause if you don't have anybody pushing you, you're just going to stay in, you know, you're not going to trend up, but it yeah. was just great to see everybody come up to, to the, the ranks. And um, I, I was really excited for Alon too. Like Alon's flying was just already amazing. And then he did, he did a couple of camps and this and that. And, and he was, he was really coming out strong. Um, so yeah, it sucked. I hate fucking talk. Mark and I talk about that once in a while. It's like, uh, the team that never was. Yeah, it was a real bummer. That was a definitely a very strong team. Yeah. What's your favorite part about coaching like a uh, a team like that? Is that is it like seeing the journey and and the pilots and kind of morphing them into better pilots? Or like what do you what do you selfishly get out of it? I like um I like when you can expand and improve on somebody's style. Right? Like I mean everyone kind of has their own style of flying to a point and like my job's not to go in and change somebody's style but to try to enhance it and improve it and maybe show them some things that will um they don't know to, to make it better but yeah um you know i, I like having everyone be an individual I mean, I mean if you have five people fly with the same sequence i mean hopefully they're all tens right if they're on the team but they shouldn't all look exactly the same Right. I mean, in, in my opinion, I should be able to look at you and say, that's Jeff flying, or I should look at um, Dunphy and say, that's Dunphy flying. You know, your own style yeah. should kind of stand out a little bit. Do you see people that like, because you, you're so experienced. So like, do you see people that fly and after one round of coaching, does that kind of set the tone as far as like, okay, like this is going to take a while to unfuck. And this guy's like, he's not as He's not coach. He's not as coachable as say the other person. You know, do you, are you able to like establish that baseline with each individual, like kind of knowing what the future bears as far as what it's going to take from you to, to coach and teach them? Like to a point. Is that, um, like there's people that are receptive right away. They're just a sponge, and they just they want the input. And there's people that um, for some reason they're very resistant, and like you ask them to do something, they don't want to do it because it's not the way they've done it before. <laughs> um, and some of those people come around and they kind of see the light and then they're fine. Um, there was some people, in the, I won't mention names, there were people in the last team to like that and then they became incredibly coachable. And yeah. there's some people that are just, they're just not coachable. They just won't listen to you. They'd rather pay you to argue with them than <laughs> actually yeah. learn something out of it. That's such a weird that. element. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. what I tell people is, uh, you know, I'm just, when I'm coaching someone, I'm just trying to give them tools. Right. Here's here's the tools that I use that I know that I'm giving to you. And you can use them or you cannot use them. It's completely up to you. Yeah. Right. I so mean, you, you can you can bang the nail with a hammer, you could bang the nail with the side of a wrench. It's, it's <laughs> might get the same results. <laughs> you know, it might differ a little bit, but it's completely it's completely up to you. I never heard that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean we Mark and I Mark, right, we talked about like when people get coaches, it's like, you got to make the decisions like, okay, I'm, I'm going to coach or 
or say a critique or something like that. But you got to make that decision where it's like, I'm going to put my ego aside and I'm just going to put, you got to put full faith into this person that, you know, they're, they're going to do the right thing and, and you got to go, you know, basically head first into it. Um, because I just, I don't get the mentality of some of these people that are like, you know, a, a certain coach that's with high level experience and proven results will say something. They're like, ah, no, I'm going to keep doing it my way. Like, then and why they paid them here. They paid like, why them. Why are you for here? It. Yeah, exactly. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm going to give you hundreds of dollars and then I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when you critique me. And, I mean, quite honestly, part of it is just, is actually learning together. Um, I mean, there's times coaching the team that I was learning with them. You know, I thought you should do this this way, but then you start <laughs> thinking about it. And you're like, well, when you're up there, try this. So let me watch from the ground and see what it looks like. Oh, wait a minute. It looks better that way. Sure, right. Yeah. But now you got someone on the ground that knows what they're looking at. Hopefully, pass that knowledge on, then you pass on everybody. So it's, it's, it's like when I teach people, everything I'm trying to coach them on, it's not set in stone. You know, it's subject to change if we find something that's better or different or presents better. Well, it should be kind of a living, breathing element Yeah, that you change when you find a better technique or an easier technique or a more effective technique. Yep. I got a good question. So every, the world contest, you got to do a free known. So we've talked about this. Uh, uh, what is it? Each Is it SIVA um, that selects each individual figure or each country? Submits a no. Siva selects the Siva planning committee selects the figures, right? For the so figures. every every country that can submit figures, and then there's a committee. I just happen to be on that committee too. That goes through all Weird. the uh, different combinations of figures that were selected, and we rank them like what we like best and what shouldn't be there, and we give our exp- explanation of why. And then that goes to all the delegates at their meeting, and they go sort it out and pick which uh, figures they want for the following year. Right. So um, that wasn't my question. But um, anyway, these free known figures come out. You put together, each country puts together their own free known. They fly. Do you, I didn't see this happening with our team, but do you think prior teams or post teams or other countries have to sacrifice putting together their best sequence because of some of the, the number three, number four pilots on the team? You know, where no, so the, the the beauty of the free known is, um, like if the entire team is comfortable flying the same free known, that that's great. I mean, I think that that looks good, and um, no, you can all help each other with it. But you know, if it's not working for a pilot, they don't have to fly that one, they can make their own free known that actually works for them and for their skill set and you know, emphasizes what they're good at. But doesn't that, so that throw off like the training as far as like doing it if we're in a camp and stuff like that? What I'm getting at is that like some uh, kind of like do you see some teams struggling with some of the some of the the mid level pilots that are on the team kind of hurting almost the the team training? No, I don't think so. I mean, if you look at the French, they don't all fly the same free node. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of them fly like the same base, but like roll combinations might be different, or it might be completely different altogether. So I don't think, no, I don't think it's really that. I, I think the more people are flying the same sequence, the more everybody can help each other. Um, yeah. But if a sequence isn't working for you and you need something different, then you know there's there's no downside to that. Okay, In fact, cool. flying a sequence that doesn't work for you that's that's the downside. Yeah. Hmm. 
very cool. I'm trying to think of good questions. We do so much pre-planning on this show. <laughs> um, Rob, was there was there a sequence? Um, we talked a little bit about the drama, the, the drama of you know picking sportsmen, but was there a sequence that uh, um was more drama filled, or what? What had the most turmoil in in kind of picking a final sequence for a category? The, I mean, honestly, this year was pretty smooth. There, there wasn't a lot of drama. Rob yeah. just walked in there with eleven national trophies. He carded them in and said, um, "I think, I think this one." No, not quite like that. But I mean, I mean, but I mean, the good thing was is they they were all flown. They were all analyzed. Um, we did talk about it. You know, the baseline aircraft did fly each sequence. So, um, I mean, that's the job, and that's what we did. How often uh, uh, after like Super Bowl rings for the Nationals? That'd be great coming into that sequence <laughs> thing with ten Just... Nationals rings. They should. Kiss, you kiss know what? Rings. A national. What would you like better at this point? Let's say like you didn't have 20, 20 of these freaking trophies. Wouldn't wouldn't a ring be cool? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think so. It'd be badass. Oh, anyway, New Jersey! I only got ten fingers. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta start working toes. Oh God! Then we go to the trophies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after ten. After ten. Oh man, I love it. Um, <laughs> talk about the important stuff here. Um, what do we call it? Sorry, where were we going with that, Mark? Um, gosh, I actually forgot what I was going to ask. Um, oh, I mean inevitably every year when these sequences come out people complain that aircraft can't fly them and, and and things like that was there more weight put into that this year to really to really double check and triple check these sequences so when people start saying that kind of stuff you can go back and say no actually you know honestly that weight is put in that that weight's put on it every year yeah. um and not all the time, but I'd say 99% of the time when someone comes back and says, you know, my airplane can't fly the sequence, it's because they haven't tried it yet. Mm. And then usually when they do, there's like, oh, actually you can. And, but you got to be careful too, right? Because, you know, if you, if you read the rules, the baseline is that the baseline aircraft should be able to fly the whole sequence reasonably well with one break. You know, that's actually in there. Oh, with um, a break. When I design them, I try to design them so you don't have to take a break. But to the letter of the law, a sequence only has to be designed to be flown by the baseline aircraft with a break. Um, I don't think any of these sequences are actually going to require that unless it's like at a super high DA or something like that. Um, but no, I think in all the years past, we've always kind of weighed. I mean, we know what the baseline airplane is. And yeah. um, we try to draw things accordingly. And you also... I mean, you got different skill levels of pilots flying. You got people who are like flying sportsmen for the first time, and you got people who have been flying sportsmen for ten years, and completely different skill skill levels in between. So, someone who's just learning is not flying that well. They might need a break. They might not fly it that well because they just don't have the skills to fly it yet. It doesn't mean we mean we have to dumb down the sequence even more. It means they need to practice more to get better at flying it. So you just you got to make that balance, but you don't want to make it so challenging for them that they don't want to even try. Sure. So it's you know it's you're trying to cater to 
everybody and not leave everybody out, but inevitably you're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of interesting too, because you hear a lot of like, you know, scuttlebug and uh, the sequence is stupid, blah, blah, blah. But then it comes, the time comes during the year to submit proposals and it's like an empty inbox, you yep. know, that's kind of, that's kind of annoying. Um, or you get you get sequences just not thought through. I mean, you get something like Mark said, where you have a wedge followed by a split S. It's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, oh it's just, you, we do get some stuff that's just kind of dumb. I feel like that should be posted, though, and not in like a mean way. Um, I mean, everybody can razz on people, but like, you know, almost like a learning thing. It's like, hey, we didn't pick this proposal from, and don't even name the person because this, this, and this. So at least it, it kind of like gives a little bit of an impression to people that like, Hey, we're not just like, you know, picking people sequences because we like the person. Like it's like, no, we didn't pick. And it, it gives that lower level competitor that doesn't have the experience or knowledge of why their sequence didn't get picked or even if they didn't submit it, you know, why this person's sequence didn't, you know, and you can kind of learn from it. Um, that might be, kind of uh kind of cool to do because it should be in the meeting minutes anyway um or just record it yeah that's not Um, bad yeah i mean sequence design is something that it'd be pretty cool to actually have a class on because i mean even you look at a lot of people's freeze you kind of scratch your head of how they're going to make it work it's just you know just because the you know one line feeds it, uh, one figure feeds into the next figure doesn't necessarily mean it's the right figure to be after the figure before it. Oh my God. If you did like a hour long something, um, that'd be, be worth a lot. I mean, the amount of money it would save people from training and hours of trying to design a free and then flying into the contest and getting like a 60 percentile. You got to do yeah. rock talks. Instead of TED Talks, you got to do Rob Talks. And you got to come out like, you got to come out like Steve Jobs with that funny microphone. Or come out with a Bob Barker microphone. <laughs> and a turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to spay and neuter your cats. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know what, Rob? Like, you're in New Hampshire. You should, we should do something like, and Pollard flies into JFK once in a while. Like, we set up the hangar or something and do like, a fucking a cool video on something like this. That'd be really cool during winter. Yeah. It'd be super fun. That'd be yeah. fun. All right. Cool. Hey, you never know. How long are you in New Hampshire or Boston for? Um I don't know. I think I'm here for about a week or so. Nice. Yep. And where are you going into that to the next air show? Uh I guess. Oh, cool. I forgot. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, then I'll have to leave ICAST and airline directly to the next show. Jeez, man. Do you enjoy ICAST? Like it? I didn't mean it like that. Um, Has it turned into more of like a business type thing where you kind of have fun? I mean, what's what's it like for you these days? So, I mean, I'm. I I have all my shows for next year. Like, I don't want to book any more shows, and I have half my shows for 2024. So. I don't, Jeez, I'm I'm lucky awesome. enough and fortunate enough that I'm at a point in my career where I don't need iCast to book shows anymore. Um, it's nice to go there and see everybody. It's kind of like a big family reunion. But at this point, if it was like one day and you went out and had a party and you saw everyone and you left, I'd be all about it. 
but they sit there <laughs> all week long. I mean, there's some cool stuff. Um, but especially this year, it just seems like I have zero time between like the season yeah. and then ICAST. You know, there's, there's no break in there. So it's a I'll little tough. You, it, it sucks, man, with these like the, like for instance, like the A10 demo, like Gator. He's such a cool dude, and like it just sucks that he only gets two years on a like. It's like you just get to know the guy kind of, and you're seeing him a little bit, and then he's gone. Yep. God. Yeah, totally. And now you got a bunch a of rotation. And... Yeah. It was pretty fun this year. Hopefully, I'll do it with Gator later on. But um, Cabo, the F22 pilot, he actually came out and um, he came to Union City. We met out there and grabbed uh, Mike Rinker's decathlon. We did a couple of days of duel in the decathlon. Oh, cool! How was that? It was a blast. He he did great. Trying to cobra everything. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do a little uh, education on how to use your feet, but other than that, it was it was good. We had a really good time. That's cool, man. I love people. I I love even with Gator. Like he's talking about getting into GA and getting into decathlon and stuff like that. Like that's freaking awesome. Gator was supposed to come out at the same time, but some family obligations came up, and he wasn't able to make it. Ah. Yeah, we got to get him back on. I really enjoyed the uh, the show with him. He's, he's yeah, awesome. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey. Do you get to meet a lot of the new? Well, there's. I guess the new the new demo pilots wouldn't be at ICAST yet. No, they'll they'll be out there. Will they? Okay. Yeah, they'll be out there, and that, they're usually like the last few shows of the year they're showing up at anyway. So like, start picking up on the rope. So I've I've already met all all the new people. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine they're gonna start transitioning at some point. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Will yeah. you spend the whole time at ICAST, or will you dip out early? No, I'll be there the whole time. I get um, I'm on the ACE committee and a couple other things, so I get some meetings and stuff. I have to go to on there. We've talked a that's little bit about it. The, yeah. I'm 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 super yeah, let's curious get into about ACE that. Talk. Oh yeah, let's do it. I want to find out <laughs> some right. dirt. No name. You don't have to name names, but I like, want to get some dirt. Yeah, tell me about because. There's so much about like, like the air show biz that like I love hearing about and stuff and up and comers and this and that. But um, I don't want to say tell me about your worst ace eval experience, but <laughs> maybe in a more poetic way. Like, what's what's the most interesting ace evaluation you've ever had or not even happened? Oh man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It's if you say it, we'll give it away because you don't have to do it. We'll give it away. I get it. Yeah, I'm trying to not give anything away. Um, okay. Do you know anybody? It's, else's it's just tough because story? well, I mean, so there's, there's a lot of people that have like wanted evaluations that you kind of stop before they even go, right? Because they're just not ready yet. Um, what do you what do you base that determination on? Like when somebody submits, um. I guess a, a an application or a request to be evaluated. The, you have to be for an initial, right? It's got to be two aces have to evaluate you. So do you? No. Do you, so what it is now is you have to actually get a recommendation from an ace. So you oh. have to have had like an ace as a mentor that's actually like sat there and watched you fly, and and then they recommend you. It's kind of like a CFI signing somebody off for a uh, a check ride. Check ride. And then that person now goes to another ace for the actual evaluation. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Well, that's, yeah. um, it's tough. It's, it's just, yeah, there's just so many people that like want, yeah, there's just so many people that want to be airshow pilots that they're, they're just not there yet. 
right? I mean, I mean, first and foremost, you got to keep the public safe, and then number two is you got to keep the pilot safe. And if you keep the pilot safe, you probably keep the public safe. And then after that, it's going to be entertaining. I mean, I've actually. It sounds mean, and I don't mean it to come across that way, but I've actually asked people, if you were in the audience, would you want to watch you fly? You know, is there any entertainment value there? Are you doing any good to the industry doing your routine? And if the answer is no, then maybe you should come back in a few years. Maybe you should work on it. Maybe you should find a way to actually make it interesting. Well, it's a good question because, you know, there's there's definitely people out there that, that fly air shows, not to begrudge them or anything, but yeah, are the routines really that interesting? You know, and then it comes down to, that person's taking away essentially airtime, no pun intended, but taking away a slot from somebody that might have. Uh, I mean, I know that it could be subjective um, and up for debate and opinion, but what is entertaining and not. But it, you don't want to fill the air show world with a bunch of mediocre performances either. There is. No, it's, it's, I can I mean, totally it's a show, that. right? It's a, it's, yeah. it's a disservice to the people that are coming out to watch. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and there's there's different types of acts, right? So there's there's acts where you're trying to show skills and show like crazy wild things that hopefully people haven't seen an airplane do. But then there's also actually actually just trying to show the airplane, like a lot of the warbird acts. Right? You yeah. don't expect a warbird to go up and do what Mike Gullian does, right? Yeah. You just you're trying to the the big thing about that show is that it's ex warbird that's really cool and it's flying and you you know trying to preserve it and show it to the public yeah but then you have some of the like mike gullian if mike gullian flew his airplane and did a warbird routine it'd be pretty boring <laughs> right 14 <laughs> 14 banana passes <laughs> yeah i mean who'd, who'd want to watch that be the ultimate troll right there Holy crap. so funny <laughs> So well, it's like, just, yeah, you, you look at like a lazy aerobatic routine that like Vicky Benzing does in the Stearman, which is beautiful and graceful and totally befitting of that airplane would never, you know, if a, if a pits does that and there's people that I think kind of uh, flirt with that a little bit, but like, it, it's just not exciting oh, yeah. to watch in an airplane like that, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll say it so you don't have to. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's totally true. Like I said, if. People just need to ask themselves if they were in the crowd watching themselves fly. Is it something would they be entertained? It's something that they want to watch. What's the motivation for a lot of these people that that just kind of come in? They say, "Okay, I've been flying aerobatics. I like the idea of doing air shows. Is it as simple as that? And then there's no creative thought to a routine because you you effectively have to put a routine together and then be evaluated on that routine. Um, part of the or that uh, I guess." that that is set forth in the uh the criteria in that in the in the book but yep. are you actually watching their turnkey routine to give them a card or does that come later on for initial card yeah yeah okay. you're, you're supposed to you're supposed to watch whatever routine they're going to come up with and then they're they can take stuff away but they can't add you know for the first whatever they're supposed to only fly that routine okay yeah how heavily is that regulated like um, I've heard stories, and we won't name names, but of um, aces that that were not the the signing ace see somebody's routine, and maybe see a change or see an issue, and then pull a card. How often does that kind of stuff happen? Yeah, pulling a card thing doesn't really happen that often. Um, usually, it's just a kind of a talking to. Yeah. You know, the the other issue is that just nobody knows the rules, right? And, <laughs> which is pretty important to know in a in an industry like this. 
So like if I'm giving an evaluation and someone doesn't know what the rules are, I mean, that's, that's, that's a fail before you even get in the airplane. That makes sense. Like what would be like a rule? What, what kind of rule are you talking about? Not knowing like just that, like, um, okay. So you just got your first card and you have your routine. What are you allowed to fly? I mean, that's some basic yeah. stuff, right? If they don't know, they just failed. Yeah. Gotcha. Jeez, and and, feet, oh god no uh, and is that with regard because i i read that the man just, just for fun i I read the like uh is it called the ace manual um yep um i read it a, a while ago because I, I was just really interested in it and it's like basically category of airplane right so like um if you got it if you got the if you got your card in an edge you could fly similar right like it um, no you have to be evaluated in each type of airplane you're gonna fly each type, okay, yeah, yeah. So if I'm if I'm flying in an MX and I sold my MX and I got an edge, I'd have to get evaluated in an edge. Now, if I'm gotcha. at the surface, I could get evaluated in an edge at the surface. You know that that's not going to change. Okay, yep. I gotcha. Gotcha. How do you get um, evaluated? Just another ace? Is there any other criteria for evaluating aces? Oh no, it's just. I get evaluated just like anybody else. So you can get like once you when you have a level, you can get re you're supposed to get reevaluated every year. You can get evaluated by another race at a at a show where um they'll sit down, we'll talk about the rules and all you know, margins and all stuff you need to talk about, and they'll actually watch your routine and they'll tell you like, Yep, it's still safe and you're signed off for another year. But if you're gonna change levels or change something in um aircraft type or whatnot or act type, now you have to get an actual full blown Reevaluate uh, evaluation outside of a near show. So when you add a routine, or I'm sorry, when you uh, when you change a maneuver, you're getting reevaluated. No, 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 not maneuver. But if I'm changing an airplane or a type act, like say um, I'm signed off as solo aerobatics, now I want to do a wing walking act. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. The so category I... of the routine, basically. Exactly. Yep. I see. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Are there any new acts coming that um, for 2023? Uh, anything you know about? Well, see, I guess not a lot that I know about. I mean, that's kind of the scary thing in the industry right now is there's just there's not a lot of new acts. Um, actually, there's a lot less acts now than there were quite a few years ago. Everyone's retiring or getting out of it. Um, Do you ever th think about going into like a full-blown formation team? Like, I know you, you've done it in the past with Force and, and um, you know, here and there. But, uh, I mean, I know you're... you're you're still so super successful and you just obviously you're booked you know into 2024 for god's sakes but like do you ever have a passion or a fantasy of of doing a two three or a four ship team like you know same paint schemes everything like that i do and i don't i mean i really really like formation flying um it's just it's such a different skill set from what i do with my solo stuff but I still really like the solo stuff. So, I mean, I, in a perfect world, if I could be a part of a team like I was before, where like a third or half the shows I do are also doing the formation act, I'd be all about it. Um, I'd, I'd love to do that. Even like the two ship stuff I do with Bill Stein or Kevin Coleman. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it, but it, it's, you know, you can't treat it any differently than what I'm doing the solo stuff. You got to practice all the time. You got to maintain it. You got to, you, know, you got to be safe at it. 
yeah be well rehearsed would, so yeah do you think that you, if the northern lights were still around do you think that you would have a spot on that well, i didn't mean it like that but uh would you have hoped to have had a spot on that team and then maybe do both like do some solo acts and then also be on the northern lights i don't know uh the northern lights would be i mean that's kind of a full-time thing doing that right so any solo stuff would be kind of secondary and i'd, I'd me personally, I want the other way around. I want my solo stuff to be primary and the formation to be secondary. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. What do you think would be, um, if, you know, I mean, I guess it's good and bad. You, you want it to be a lucrative business for people that can, you know, from the outside looking in and go, okay, there's a, there's a pathway. I got to find out what that pathway is. Do that. And then I can become an air show pilot. Um, what would be the most successful act to to bring to the table in terms of viable business options i mean you know a lot of the solo guys i think are, are you're probably coming to retirement have been retiring um there's certainly no major multi-ship formation teams with a couple of them being um stood down in recent years uh what would be uh, you know the ticket in your in your opinion um it's really just trying to think outside the box, like taking a step back, looking at the industry and see what everybody is doing and trying to not do that, trying to do something yeah. different. Um, there's, there's always room for another formation act. There's not a lot of wing walking acts out there anymore. Um, specialty acts like, you know, Matt Youngkin with the beach 18 is super cool to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Jeff Bourbon with the yak um, 110 or whatever it's called, or the jet Waco. Stuff like that is, I mean, super cool and unique, and there's always going to be a demand for something like that. And you can only see so many monoplane acts. You can only see so many biplane acts. Um, so just trying to think and do something different. I think the biggest problem with people coming into the industry now is they just, they're just not willing to put in the work to get, I hate to say it, but to get good. Yeah. You know, everybody, I remember Mike Goulian telling me the same once. It's like, you know, do you want to be a race car driver or do you want to race cars? And there's a difference. And it's the same thing with air shows. Do you want to be an air show pilot or do you want to fly air shows? And if it's about being the pilot and the glory, then you probably shouldn't be here. If it's because yeah. if you have a passion for the flying, you know, that that's a step in the right direction. Makes sense. Why do you yeah. think that there there's uh, kind of a decline in acceptable or or I guess just any any entrance? It's expensive. Yeah. I mean, the price is in, you know, I see people don't want to put the work in, but putting the work in is quite expensive to do. Yeah. And if you think about how many hours and coaching and cost of the aircraft and fuel and maintenance and insurance these days or anything else, it's just really expensive. Yeah. And you, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm biased, but I don't think anybody charges enough for what we do. I mean, and oh, I would imagine people that come in and don't charge enough trying to like get ahead. That doesn't do anybody else or the industry any good. It doesn't do them any good. It just yeah. keeps setting the bar lower and lower of what's acceptable to pay. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard that a few times um, from different people of, you know, you do these smaller shows and there's, I'm, I don't even know like if there's a term for this. Uh, if there is, let me know. But like, you know, like the lower, like smaller, you know, tier shows 
I, and I don't even know if they're if you guys even categorize them by tiers, you know, um, unofficially. But you know, they they do smaller smaller venues. Uh, they book less um, mainstream acts. I'm sure the, those acts charge less. And then there's just that little bubble of airshow pilot, right? Yeah, which which is fine. I mean, you you like you have to start somewhere, right? And someone who's in their first year with an 800 foot card is obviously not going to charge what I charge after 20 years with the surface level card. Yeah, and, and they and they shouldn't, but they shouldn't be free, you know. And they should be they should be able to make enough money that they can like pay their expenses and hopefully maybe put just a little bit away. Yeah. Right. And if a show can only have four acts instead of seven acts, well, fine. We'll have four high quality acts and really entertain the public as opposed to having seven, whatever, where, you know, the, the entertainment level is just not there. There's nothing wrong with a shorter show. Yeah. I could talk about airshow stuff all day. I, I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> Super interesting. Did you ever think, think about doing a like wingtip smoke on your airplane? Uh, no, not really. I mean, other people do it. And I think it's kind of cool. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want something burning <laughs> out there. And that smoke seems to like stick to whatever it touches. So yeah, I'm always flying through part. my own smoke, the whole tumbling and stuff I do. It's just, yeah, it yeah. could be a mess. What's it going look, on with it, the... it definitely looks cool, though. Speaking of formation, um, you have two airplanes that are painted identical. Are we to see something in the near future um, with two uh, blackbirds up there? So <laughs> dumb how I put that two blackbirds. Blackbirds. Sure. That's the team I name. I, I, I'd like to at some point. I think, right be, I think it'd be pretty fun, but it's I mean, it's going to take a sponsor to do it because you got to be able to pay for it. And you got to pay for another guy or gal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'd be fun. It's it's there right now for sponsor stuff and rides in a backup airplane. Yeah, uh, like it helped me this year because I I kind of messed up my schedule. <laughs> it was like for two months going east coast, west coast, east coast, west coast, east. I mean, it was crazy. So I just parked the two seater out in the the west coast to do some of the shows out there. Super smart. You, like, Hopefully, I won't work run out. into that next year. But if there was a sponsor. It would be so cool to document like the tryouts. Like you get, you know, three or four guys that have a talent and just and just document the whole tryout of them trying to make the uh I guess they would fly lead. You would want to fly wing, right? It seems like you fly wing all the time. I don't know. I prefer wing, but like when I fly with Bill, I fly lead. So I I don't oh, I don't know oh, what that's I do. right, yeah. Yeah. I, I cool. way prefer the wing, I think. I think the wing is easier. Actually, I don't leads hard because you got to think for more than one person. Maybe we should bring Matt Chapman out of retirement. Oh my God. Talk about bringing somebody out of retirement. How epic that would be. <laughs> be awesome. God. That would be cool. But yeah. good luck for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> he doesn't return my call. I mean, he doesn't return my phone calls. I guess he doesn't like me. I'll tell <laughs> you what, back on the show again. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want to do. And I've, I've joked with, well, semi joked. I'm, half serious with uh Gullian about this is when when this type of aerobatics becomes a little bit too much for me and for him it'd be cool to do a two ship staggering act that would be awesome a two ship staggering staggering big graceful aerobatics kind of like Matt Youngkin type stuff with two staggerings that'd be super cool unique that be? yeah I that like it be cool 
Yeah, nobody's yeah. ever done air shows in a staggering, or I'm sure there's been one or two. No, they like, have. There's there was a guy that did a air show. I can't remember his name, but it's been done, but it hasn't been done information as far as I know. Yeah, two ship would be cool. Yeah, with two legends. Sound good. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. I can't believe Goulian still does what he does. Not that he's like insanely old. He's not old, but kind of calling him old by saying that. <laughs> That's right. you, I mean, you, you, you can call him old. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> His hair still looks young, you know, and that, that's, yeah. you know, that's tip of the cap to him. No, it's just, it's, it's incredible how long he's been doing it. And he's just top of the game. Oh, absolutely. Amazing, man. Yep. Yeah. It might Total seem to be around for a while. I wonder if he's going to do after shows though. I wish, I mean, like, Talk about like fantasies, like just putting like the legends together. And he, I hate using the word legend because it's got like an old term to it. But like if we had like Goulian, Chapman, Wagstaff, you know, you and everybody like just doing like a four or five ship formation team. Oh, God. I mean, oh, I think they'd be, be the best ever. Yeah, it's freaking crazy. Oh, God. We need some, we need some, we need to get David Ellison on this podcast too. We talk about some of that Skydance money. Formation team. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Oh God. How hard did uh, Sean Tucker try to get you on that Amazon formation team on a scale of one to ten? Twelve. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can talk about that. I mean, I mean, he he already had the people for the team, right? I was yeah, just yeah. a backup. I mean, I was just there filling in for someone who was having some. Um, family stuff that they were trying to deal with so yeah, yeah. oh man that would have been cool to, to, i heard i was really pumped for that a pulse a weak pulse but i heard it's got a pulse not amazon but something else really it'd um, be cool yeah it'd be i mean it'd be great for the industry to have something like that out there i tell you love or hate him though i mean the guy's is one of the goats with the air shows i mean he's really incredible at what he did oh absolutely um is he absolutely What's what's his deal now? Um, is he uh, he's still with Young Eagles, I believe, but he's doing some. Air, I see him flying with uh, Joey Bowflex out on the West Coast with the Gamebird. I guess he's just doing his thing on with his flight school and and EAA, and obviously the the his plane just got hung up. I don't. Well, I don't think he's still. He's not chair of the um, Young Eagles anymore. I don't believe. I think. I think that's like a however many year gig and then it gets passed on to somebody else and i think his tenure is up on that oh, uh, gotcha. but he's got his flight school out there and yeah he's he's I, I mean i haven't really talked to him in a while so i don't know exactly what he's doing but i know i know the school's still going strong oh cool. yeah yeah i don't i don't yeah. know the state of tatima at all right now but i yeah i mean I, he's he's teaching people in the gamer there yeah i gotta get one of those minimal thrust four blade mts from him or somebody if anybody has a four blade they want to sell me you can put a four blade on it yeah i got noise issues by me you know how it is around here either that or i gotta fly 50 miles across out of the atlantic and not get noise complaints <laughs> man i think i think the four blade is just a more annoying form of the noise the but best i agree i think it the best like, quote was yeah. uh did we talk about this on the podcast mark with what dunphy said what i told you dunphy said I think we were all sitting at, weren't we all sitting at the, uh, the table talking about do you it? Rem- do you remember the exact quote? Cause Rob would get a kick out of this. I don't oh, remember. I'll fuck yeah, it up. It, 
I, I'm I'm gonna fuck it up too. Like <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all we're, man, we're all like riding motocross bikes, doing. No, no, no! I, you're I, fucking it up. I'm fucking so it up. We're, I can't remember, but it was really Salina. funny. We're hanging out with Dunphy. And Too much you alcohol. Dunphy has got like that, like that, like funny laugh. How he like shrugs his shoulders and and like let you know whatever. And he's like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, we're just making making swirly marks in there in in the sky with our air dirt air with our air dirt bikes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you're so air right. It's <laughs> <sound> like <laughs> it was obviously better when he said it, but um. <laughs> I, I don't like the sound uh, of the four blade either. I got to agree with Rob on that. Yeah. Well, you guys can all screw. I'm surprised you don't have noise problems in California. I mean, I get them every now and again. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's been a while. I'm due for another one. What's this? What's what's the next air show you have? We didn't. Even, I in December. Where is that at, Rob? It's in North Carolina. It's it's out near the coast. It's a small little show. Oh, cool. And that's that will wrap yeah. you up for 22? That'll be it, yep. Is anybody else at that show? Um, Honestly, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I've been so busy with everything else. I just, like, I know the date. I know I have to be there, but I haven't really looked into it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, how's everything going on? In, uh, do you, are you going to make your way to, like, what are, you, what are your plans for the winter? Are you going to train down, in, uh, down south like you usually do? Yeah, so I mean, I got I need an engine for my MXS. It's it's timed out, so I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, but you know, I get the planes all done up and condition inspection and gone through, and then um, hopefully no later than February start doing some flying just to kind of maintain where I'm at, and then March um, hit it hard to get ready for the season. Um, well, I think I have of- two air shows at the end of March, so the season starts pretty early for me next year. Oh, jeez. Um, so it's a stock five. And that's the, oh my god, that just came out of my mouth. It's so, stock. So it's a stock five forty, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's with a dash fifteen prop on it. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, so it's a five forty. Um, can you talk about any of like the uh, the voodoo on it and everything like that? It's a, it's a parallel valve five forty. Um, I get it from Lycon. It's got eleven to one compression. The the single seater is eleven to one. The two seater is ten to one. Um and whatever other <laughs> magic he does to it out there to get the horsepower. Are both five yeah. forties or is the two seater a five eighty? No, they're they're identical engines, just one's ten to one and one's uh eleven to one. I, I okay. put a ten to one on the um two seater, not really expecting to do air shows with it and just to get more longevity out of it. Yeah. I don't think they I don't think they make a parallel valve five eighty. I don't understand why I, mean, I don't know enough about it, but I don't know why they don't. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Because um, then you could have like a 10 to 1 parallel valve 580, probably get the same horsepower out of you doing a 11 to 1 540, but not yeah, be beating it up as much. It last a lot longer. Yeah. Oh my God. We, we got to talk about nationals really quick, too. I can't believe we forgot. Okay. Um, before we move to nationals, how many, how many hours did you get out of that engine? Do you get, uh, can good, you get 800? Good. No, no, it's a. It should be a five hundred hour engine. I got, I got five hundred ninety on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's after five hundred. I mean, it's so right now the um, the ten to one engine on my two seater is pulling way better than the eleven to one on my single seater. I mean, it's a noticeable <laughs> difference. It's tired. Oh god, she's tired. <laughs> it's very tired. 
what was so Marco flew your ferried your uh your MX and um God, he's just so funny when he gets pumped up. But what did he, <laughs> is there anything funny with that story or or when he landed? Um like what was his reaction? I don't know. Um anything you can like mention with that? Or just like a no, kid, he did fine with it. I just I just told him when he got to where he's going to uh Luckily, he stopped in Union City when I was there, so I got to like be in the radio and watch him land it. I said, you know, just do a couple of approaches <laughs> first before you actually land, because the problem is when you have it, um, when it's all loaded up, the CG's way aft, and it just it flies horrible. The slower you get, the more pitchy it gets. So I just wanted him to get slow and do some approaches to kind of feel the elevator. And once he got it figured out, he was fine. Yeah. What do you come uh, over the fence at? Did he or do do I? No, dude, I'm just like, yeah, like, I guess both. <laughs> See how different they were. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming he came in the same speed I usually do, but I usually come in like 110, 120. You can come in slower, it's just the nose is so high that you can't see anything. Yeah. And you once, you, once you're in the flare with that big prop and you pull a power yeah. back and it slows down fast. <laughs> do you ever three-pointed or you just typically wheel in it? Most of the time, I wheel landed. If it's a really short runway, I three point it. Yeah. Yep. What do you Man, one hundred twenty knots over the fence. That's 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 my. I'm well. I'm in, I'm in miles. I'm in miles an hour. Oh, you are. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's not that's not, that's not too terrible. Yep. Oh, cool. Um. Nationals. Yeah, we we got to talk about nationals. I mean, how do we not? We can talk about nationals. Um. Gosh, well, congratulations on winning. I know oh, thank it's you. Shocking. Um, yeah. Everybody was real surprised. <laughs> um, what was your biggest uh, cliche question here? Uh, take away from nationals, but um, yeah, like what? Uh, help me out here, Mark. Like, what, you think that's a good first question? What was your biggest takeaway from nationals? That's good. I mean, just overall thoughts, you know? Uh, I thought it was a really smooth nationals. I thought it was well run. I thought there was like almost no drama. I think people really enjoyed being there. Everybody I talked yeah. to had a good time. It's just it was it was just pleasant. It was very pleasant to be there. We've said I that on the, the podcast advanced... too. It, it, I, that was obviously my first you know experience of nationals. I everybody was really happy. The vibe yeah. the the vibe was really really positive. I thought so. Yeah. And I thought the the advanced category was great, you know, it was awesome. out for for a team. Yep. Um, I mean, everybody was super focused, super. I wouldn't say on edge, but like you know, a lot of people wanted it, and it was really nice to see them uh, competing for it. It was it was a really fun category. I think advanced and unlimited really stole the show this year, and you know, unlimited had a lot of competitors in it. Um, yep. And um, there's just a lot of gosh, good flying. Yeah. A lot of really good flying, and it was uh, really fun to watch. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what I enjoyed. I, I hate to say it, but I, I really enjoyed watching the eliminate category. It was nice to see, you know, obviously you're you're extremely talented, but like there were a few years where it was only like two or three people that were that were good or like scoring high. But it was nice to see a bunch of people, you know, competing. There's a bunch of killers in that category, man. Oh yeah, it was fun. Flying. God, yeah. Jim flew really well. Jim flew exceptionally yeah. well. Yeah, 
Yeah, I thought Jim yeah. flew well. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. How what'd you think of the commentary? Not specifically, because <laughs> I thought it was, I, I think it's great. I think it Hold adds bodies. a lot. I think it let gives me, people from the outside watching. Put my shield I, on. I, I, no, I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. It was fun. Besides Mark and I. <laughs> oh, it was so hard not to curse. And then it was like Mark and I were like two little schoolgirls. Like we're like record. We get there and like obviously like we're just like ghoulies there. So we're just like boner. Um, and we're recording one day. And then David Martin shows up. It was like, it was the craziest thing ever. Christmas in September. Um, it was so cool. Christmas um, in Solana. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think we got to get Mark to actually compete at nationals next year. Maybe that should be your first contest, Mark, because that would make up for a lot of lost. No time. desire. Right, Rob. That would, like, if that'd he be did, pretty if cool. He did nationals, I for, you forgive him for the years of not competing. I'll coach you. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah. oh Careful, because when I fly like dog shit, you're going to have to like denounce that you coach me. If you, so uh, people... if, if, if you commit to flying a Nationals, I'll coach you. Oh, my God. Now you're going to have people making fun of you saying how lazy you are because you're really even having Rob Holland coach you. I'm trying to think mad. of like, <laughs> what's my excuse now? <laughs> <You're> not... <laughs> oh, you don't have one. Oh, it's man. getting really hard to come up with excuses. <laughs> <laughs> there is none. There really is none. <laughs> oh my god, you would do fine. Like, why are you being such a bitch about it? Oh, I'm not worried about that. I don't care if I score last. I really just yes, you do. I can't. I really. I swear to God, I don't. On my kids, I really don't. I, so I really I, don't care. I'm Rob, and I are going to friend Emily, your wife, on Facebook. And tell her to dates, and she'll get she'll pencil you in. So then you'll have no excuse, right? <laughs> that that might that actually might be literally no excuse. If if, if Mark's if gonna cleared, like run up, he's gonna run up this podcast. Be like, and do not accept any friend request from Rob or Jeff. I'm already texting her right now. Like, hey, I'm just just so you know, we're we're quote unquote busy. <laughs> oh man, no, you would probably, no, I definitely hope would, to be there. You would meddle. I don't honestly, I I don't know, man. I haven't been flying the extra much. I haven't been really been I don't know. I'm I'm caring less and less. Just life is just so freaking busy. That's a whole other he's he's, he's digging for excuses. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just I I hope that our our the people that listen to the show that do the memes, I hope they just pound him tomorrow with brutal oh God. guilt. Oh god. You know, the temperature What's was your, like, like what are you it was like fifty five degrees? No, I'm, I'm, I'm your fears. I'm legitimately not it, there. I don't have a fear. I, well, I don't have a drive to do it. I, I honestly, God's honest truth. I just, I do not have a drive to compete. I really I'll don't tell you care. What, well, well, here it but is. But you man. never competed. And, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm saying this on the podcast so everyone can hold me to it. If you commit to going to the nationals, I will coach you and I will have you fully prepared to fly there. That'll be oh my, my commitment. God. Damn, dude. The, the, and the ball's in your court. That is really nice of you. you I don't know that do I can it. refuse that. I know. I don't know that I can refuse that. <laughs> You'll like it. You honestly, like, once you dive into the box, uh, I, I've been like sounding like such a douche this whole podcast. Um, I don't think every other one, but once you dive in, it's Mark, it's so much fun, man. Oh, I'm it's sure so I'll have fun. a blast. And I, I mean, I had a blast being there. I had a, I really had a blast hanging out. I mean, it was super fun. Obviously, I love the world. You know, I love that world. But Rob, Mark hung out with AJ and Johnny and I one night. <laughs> and then. <laughs> 
decided to airline home early the next day. (laughs) (laughs) I think I left, I think I left the day after that, but that, that was a fucking, that was a rough night. (laughs) Oh, you want want to know something I learned at nationals? Yes. Being a bounty judge isn't that bad. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh my God. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. I wouldn't mind being called out by you or Gullian, to be honest, though. I would accept that. <laughs> Can't oh, argue man. it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> what else happened at Nationals? Um, you know what? I, we put, believe it, I'll send it to you, Rob. I'm going to email um, IAC. Mark and I put together kind of like a uh, report a little bit about what we'd like to do next year, you know, if, if given the opportunity. But do you feel, I feel like there needs to be like more. Like everything should be at the airport, or or as much events should be at the airport. Like keeping everybody together and 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 doing like you know uh, the first night so dinner there. Something like I that. don't I don't disagree. The issue is uh, I hate to say issue, but the um, the restriction is the airport itself. Um, I gotcha. I I know from years past that they've wanted to, uh, like they wanted to have be people be able to bring campers and have parties there and stuff like that. But it's the actual, it's actually the airport that's restricting the IAC from doing stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's it's not a lack of wanting to do it. It's it's a lack of the ability to be allowed to do it. Gotcha. 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 Um, well, that settles that. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else happened in Nashville that I thought was cool. Uh, the food trucks are great. Um, Those are good burgers. Yeah. yeah. Um, Forrest Fox is a saint. Yep, for everything he does, he does. He does an amazing job. Yeah, and it was cold there this like the last couple of days, freaking freezing. Dude, that temperature change was insane. It went from yeah. being pretty nice to being really freaking cold. Oh, I know what I can oh, ask yeah. you. How was the four minute free? Because we left, we didn't see the four minute free. How did that go? It was good. I mean, there was some really good flying. The weather was starting to turn. I think, I think I flew last. How'd you do? I did fly last, and uh, I won, so it went well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the all the clouds, it literally like just as I was wagging out, it started to rain. Oh no shit! Yeah, it, it couldn't have been timed any better. And that yeah. was it. That was a wrap. That was it. That was a wrap. That was the end of the whole contest. Oh man, um, who's a guest? We're gonna wrap up soon, I guess. But um, who do you think we should have on the podcast next? That hasn't been on already. Mm. Oh, I really want Chapman on again. He was fun. That'd be good. I gotta get Bill Stein on. I I, I had talked. Yeah, to him, Bill Stein. Um, earlier Bill in Stein the year. Be, Bill Stein would be excellent to have on. Matt Young could be great to have on. Oh, Young oh would God, be totally. really good. Um, any of the demo guys or any of the guys from the T Birds of Blues. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. We were talking to uh, what's his face uh, from the Blues, um, Primo. Yeah, yeah. I, we that we just kind of got lost in the in the shuffle. Not I, I don't say we. Uh, everything just got kind of lost in the shuffle because I know they, they were just COVID. You know, COVID full bore yeah. and just gonna stay on. It. Just yeah. yeah, you got his number. Text him again. Yeah, we got to do that. He's a good guy. That'd be really fun. He's what the guy I actually did year? a um, I did a photo shoot with him this year. It was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yep. You did some 
oh man, you did some really cool things. Just some like dream worthy things. I mean, I love the Blingers. I've, I've said that a million times. Um, what was the coolest thing you did this year as an air show pilot? Your air, like putting your air show hat on. Um, man, I don't know, I'm, pr- I'm pretty fortunate in a lot of the stuff I get to do. Um, you know, honestly, doing that shoot and doing some of that flying with um, Primo with the Thunderbirds, that was cool because it's I've never been able to do that before. The the trying to crack that nut with the Air Force and get a photo shoot done is almost impossible. It's way harder. And, um, yeah. Yeah, they um uh, I won't get into all the details, but they kind of stuck their necks out to actually make that happen. And um it was pretty cool what they did. Hopefully it opens up some doors for the future. Yeah. But um that was pretty that was really cool. And uh it was neat because like we did the photo shoot with them, but Bill Stein and I went out and we actually met him about ten miles from the airport when he did it because he's the narrator, so he shows up before the rest of the team does. So we met him out there. We both formed up on him, and he let us in. And uh, we did the kind of a cool overhead break at the airport. God, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So and here cool, I am, man. freaking! I'm brewing coffee, and Mark's just punching buttons, driving a bus in the sky. <laughs> brewing yeah. coffee at freaking like eleven o'clock at night. God, this fucking close. Just Life you forget. Close. I mean, F-16 is not a big fighter, but still big. You forget how big they are until you're flying right next to it, like. <laughs> Man, I'm playing a really small airplane. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that thing literally carries bombs and weighs more than my airplane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, literally. A couple 2,000 pounders on there. And, yeah. Uh... <laughs> what? Yeah. I got one last question. What air show are you looking forward to most next year? Or can you answer that? Um, like, I, what's your favorite uh, show to go to? Don't say uh, fucking Oshkosh. God damn. Well, I do love Oshkosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Oscar because I wasn't able to go this year because of the worlds. Um, I don't know. I, I told my different shows for different reasons. Like Chicago is an amazing show because there's you know two million people there and it's on the lakefront. It's incredible. Geneseo, New York is really cool because it's a big warbird show on a giant grass field. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a cool show with the warbirds and everything like that. Yeah, just uh, different shows for different reasons. Do you ever see yourself? I'm sorry, Mark. I got. Okay, one more question. Um, you ever see yourself flying any warbirds in the future? Like getting into like a doing the route like the T six into the into the fighters? I'd love to at some point, um, but I don't want to do it until I can like fully commit to it. I, yeah. I don't want to do it halfway. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, that'd yeah. be freaking. Cool. What what's your uh, which fighter do you want to get into first? I mean, the if. The dream plane that I'd want to fly, I want to fly a Corsair. Oh, God. That's yeah, I would love to fly a Corsair. Or a Bearcat. Both of them would be super sweet. Yep. Bearcat's badass. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But I don't think I'd be too... um, I don't think I'd be too picky. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Single-seat fighter is a single-seat fighter. Yeah. Man, from Mustang to Corsair to Bearcat... Spitfire. Yeah. I've flown a Mustang before. I've flown a Mustang for the front seat and the back seat. That's really cool. No um, shit. Yeah. Oh gosh. Beautiful We're flying gonna... airplane. That's cool. heavy. Yeah. And it's super I don't know how they had dogfights in those things. It had to have been a contest of who got tired first. 
<laughs> I know it is amazing flying aerobatic airplanes where it's like not that you can be lazy, but that the but the effort to maneuver the airplane itself it, it doesn't take a whole lot. But you get you get the speed up on a Mustang, and you're like, okay, this takes both hands, and it's exhausting. It takes both hands and trim to like do a loop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's heavy. <laughs> yep. It's a whole lot of airplane. Yep. But just Gosh. starting, it's like worth the price of admission. I mean, it's oh. just so cool. The best. Yep. A little puff of smoke that comes past the canopy. You're like, okay. <laughs> the best ever. Yeah. Sick, man. Well, let's stick a fork in this thing. Rob, thanks cool. for coming back on, dude. Yeah, pleasure. Hopefully, uh, hopefully talking about that sportsman stuff will help some people out. That'll be yeah, fun to watch that. people start flying it. Yep. And maybe doing this year or next year getting all the three of us together and doing like a video on a free design because there's a bunch of talk right now on aerobatic pilots on facebook about people's freeze and stuff and um you know i think just giving people a basic foundation of what to do and what not to do and when designing a free could really help out yeah that'd be fun yeah sweet go cool. you want to plug any sponsors or anything before we go um I'll do what I always do. Let's plug the IAC. You know, if you're listening listening to this, you know an IC member, join. 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 And subscribe join, to the, uh, the YouTube phone. channel. Yes. Can't, do that. I can't do believe that how hard too. that was. <laughs> <Take it> a <laughs> subscribers. Cannot but, believe it. I don't know. All my I mean, if you jump on my uh my website, all my sponsors are listed on there, and they've all been a tremendous amount of support to me. So I can't thank them enough for all the help throughout the years. Love it. Yep. Rob awesome. Holland 5150 on Instagram, Yeah, And I'm trying to sell a bunch of merch now. So if you want to buy any shirts or hats or whatever, jump on my website and check it out. Go buy some stuff, guys. Go buy some merch. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it all goes into an engine overhaul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you well, we get... using Lycon? Yeah. Okay. What's uh Have you ever use Penyon? Or no? Me? Yeah. I've always used Lycon. Okay. No, okay, yeah. Lycon's the shit. Fuck your shit. I used to I used to fly to Visea all the time, flying air cargo, so Oh cool. I saw Lycon a lot. Yeah. No, they're they're legit. Man, they make some I mean some of the they highest some power, power performance. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, next time we have you back on, we I, I'm curious about the process of this because Supply chain. I know Lycon uh, isn't the the speediest of turnarounds, so I'm nobody is. No, <laughs> and you can't be now. Yeah. Um. So I'll be curious to see how that process all goes. Cool. Yeah, I'll let you know. Sweet. I love it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. <coughs> all right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 